welcome to episode 40 of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke McGrath. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The NHL is finally back in action, and there is no better place to go than Bet Online to have the chance to win some money while you watch. They have live lines, spreads, and props on every single game this season, so you never have to worry about missing out on the action. But whether you're looking to place a bet on the NHL, an international hockey game, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Belief in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? Normally, I would be joined by my co-host, Jess Rubenstein. Unfortunately, Jess could not be here with me this week, but not to worry. Because later in the show, I will be joined by one of the captains of the Boston College women's hockey team, Megan Barris. But first... The women's team isn't the only team on ice in Chestnut Hill making some noise across the nation. The BC Eagles have reached the number one spot of the men's usho poll. The top ten has been shaken up from last week. Only one team remains in the same spot. We'll start at number ten and up one spot from last week are the Quinnipiac Bobcats. We have a tie at number eight. Those two teams are the Michigan Wolverines up one from number nine and the UMass Minutemen down from number six. At number 7, the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs stay right where they are. At number 6, we have the St. Cloud Huskies down two spots. At number 5, up three spots, we have the Bowling Green Falcons. At number 4, with two first place votes, the former number 1 team, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. At number 3, with one first place vote, down from number 2, the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. The number two team with three first place votes up from number five are the Minnesota State Mavericks. And as I already mentioned, at number one with 34 first place votes, the Boston College Eagles. Now, before I get to the scoreboard from this past weekend, I think we should ask the question, is Boston College clearly the best team in the NCAA? And my answer is, I think so. I personally have never been one to sit down and analyze the show poll. For years, it's been log on, check the poll, best teams are up top, good teams are down bottom, and teams worth knowing their name are in smaller print below the poll. But this season has really made me try to understand it more than ever. Because the record is usually the easiest way to read how a team performs. If North Dakota has 18 wins and 2 losses, they're going near the top. If Arizona State is 15-8, and eight, they go towards the bottom. It's simple. But what do you do when the best team in your league is 8-2? and two? Is Minnesota that far behind Boston College at 11-3? I don't think so. Look at the difference between Minnesota State and North Dakota this week. Three voting points are what separate you from being the number 2 team or the number 3 team. To put that in perspective, three voting points is the total points Michigan State received from all voters this week. So by that logic, Minnesota State is a whole Michigan State better than North Dakota. Now obviously that's not true, right? It's much more complicated than that. But I only offer that idea because what do we know about the inner workings of this poll and how it's going to affect the postseason with the pairwise not being able to function this season? We know it's 40 people from all different walks of life in hockey. Coaches, writers, other personnel. Everybody votes. Your first place team gets 20 points. Second place gets 19 and so on. 
But what sets 8-2 BC so far ahead of 7-1-1 Minnesota State? Now, I would tell you that it's strength of schedule. I think BC has played a lot more tougher teams this season. But who knows what those 34 people think the difference is? And when it comes time to seed the postseason and we get closer to the Frozen Four, is it going to be these incredibly tiny differences that set up the seeding for the whole postseason tournament? Normally, we've got people to crunch the numbers, but that's not a privilege that we have this season. Now that non-conference play is essentially gone, are we trusting these 40 people to set up the bracket? But I think that's enough ranting for right now. Let's get back to the original point here. We're seeing some fantastic play out of Boston College. They're getting a lot of great play out of their young guys. Spencer Knight does not have a loss in regulation yet. They have everything they need in place to be a championship team. But I do believe at the end of the day, all four teams with the first place vote in this poll have a claim to that top spot. Minnesota State may not have a strong schedule in their favor, but they have the best record going right now. North Dakota has some great wins over ranked teams this season, and Minnesota just this weekend has already shown some people that they want their number one spot back. And speaking of which, I think it's time we finally check out the scoreboard from this weekend. We'll start off with the Big Ten, and in the Big Ten, number 8 Michigan sweeping their series against number 16 Notre Dame, 5-1 Thursday and 3-1 Friday. Then we have two split series. The first between number 12 Wisconsin and Penn State. The Badgers win game one 4-1, and the Nittany Lions win game two 5-4. We also had Ohio State and Michigan split their series. Ohio State won their first game 5-1, and Michigan wins the second game 2-0. In the ECAC, Colgate beats St. Lawrence 4-3 in overtime Thursday night, and then 4-3 again Sunday night. Then we saw great work out of number 14 Clarkson against number 10 Quinnipiac as they had a three-game series this weekend. The Bobcats and Golden Knights tied Friday night 1-1 with Quinnipiac getting the win in the shootout. But on both Saturday and Sunday, Clarkson picks up the win 4-2. In Hockey East, a lot of action this weekend and a lot of free hockey to go along with it. We'll start with number one BC and UConn. They tied Friday night one to one with UConn getting the shootout win, but BC would come back Saturday with a 4-2 win. Then we have number 18 Providence and number eight UMass. Both games went the distance. A 0-0 tie on Friday with Providence getting the shootout win and a 1-1 tie Saturday with UMass getting the shootout win on Game 2. Boston University swept their two-game series against Maine, a 3-2 overtime win to go along with their 5-1 victory the next night. And lastly, we had Merrimack and New Hampshire, a 5-2 win for Merrimack Friday, and a 2-2 tie Saturday with New Hampshire getting the shootout win. In the NCHC, a lot of action here as well. We will start with number 6 St. Cloud State coming in hot. They sweep Miami 3-2 Friday and 8-2 Saturday. Number 3 North Dakota sweeps their series with Colorado College 4-1 Saturday and a 5-0 shutout Sunday. Another sweep in the NCHC comes from number 7 Minnesota Duluth. They grab a 5-1 and 4-1 win over Western Michigan this weekend. The last series was a split between number 11 Omaha and number 19 Denver. Denver got their 4-1 win Saturday, and Omaha got theirs on Sunday, 5-2. In the WCHA, only one series was able to be played, and it's another sweep for number 2 Minnesota State. The Mavericks put up a 4-0 shutout and a 4-1 win over the Ferris State Bulldogs, and we close out the recap with some non-conference action. 
Two series and two sweeps, the first being a dominating performance by number four Minnesota. Two wins over Arizona State, a 10-0 shutout and a 10-2 victory. And another sweep comes in the form of an upset. Bemidji State takes down number five Bowling Green with a 2-1 and 3-1 performance this weekend. That's a whole lot to take in right there. But I want to start by addressing those two ranked teams I just mentioned because I think they'll see the most movement in Monday's poll. Minnesota is going to have a serious case at the number one spot. On Thursday, 13 Minnesota players recorded a point and eight of them had more than one. Looking at the weekend as a whole, six players had five points or more. Ben Myers, Anaheim Ducks draft pick Jackson Lacombe, and Tampa Bay Lightning draft pick Sammy Walker all had five points. Brandon McManus and San Jose Sharks draft pick Scott Reedy, who on Thursday had a five-point night, both tallied six on the weekend. And the player of the weekend, Anaheim Ducks draft pick Blake McLaughlin, had seven points between two games. Not much more you can ask for if you're Coach Bob Motzko, right? I think this weekend is enough to see Minnesota jump BC for the number one team. But now let's talk about going the other direction. Because Bowling Green had a lot of hype for myself and lots of others coming into this weekend. And I guess to keep consistent with the theme of throwing all bets out the window this season, they dropped two to Bemidji State who get their fourth and fifth victory on the season. Don't let their record fool you though. Bemidji State started this year as a ranked team. They kept it close with Minnesota State. They had wins against Lake Superior and Bowling Green coming into ranked teams. Bemidji State has some street cred to their name. But Bowling Green had all the symptoms of being a top three team in the nation the way they were playing. Between Brandon Cruz, Cameron Wright, Connor Ford, guys like them really bring an edge to every game the Falcons play, but they just didn't have it. The first game they get outshot 38-26, to and in game two they could not get the offense going no matter how much they tried. A huge tip of the cap to Zach Driscoll in net for the Beavers. Without him, this series looks completely different. But at the end of the day, this looks like a big dip for Bowling Green. And with 10 games left for them, it's going to take a lot for the Falcons to make it back to the top. Coming up next, I'll be joined by one of the captains of the Boston College women's hockey team, Megan Beres. But before that, I'd like to take the chance to thank one of the sponsors of this episode, Kansas City Stakes. The biggest game in sports is right around the corner, and what better way to celebrate the biggest game of them all than with any cut of steak you could possibly think of. To get the best deal possible, all you have to do is visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash gameday and save up to $25 on combos perfect for the big game. Plus, get free shipping with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Kansas City Steaks has appetizers, desserts, barbecue, the best cuts of meat, and so much more. So don't wait another minute. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash gameday and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. And now I am joined by one of the captains of the Boston College women's hockey team, Megan Barrett. Megan, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, I'm happy to be here. So, Megan, you're actually the first player that I've gotten the chance to speak to who's in the midst of playing their season. So, I have to ask, after playing a typical college hockey season for three years, how has this season been for you? This season, honestly, I mean, it's unprecedented. I mean, nothing that we have seen this season we have ever seen before. So, it's definitely been a little bit different. 
I mean, the biggest thing that I am just so proud of our team for and like just the group of girls that we have in the locker room is just how much we come together and we all know. We don't know what's going to happen or, you know, maybe who we're going to play next, when the next game is going to be. But we kind of just put our heads down. We know what we have to do each practice, each day when we come into the rink. And when we get the shot to play and step on the ice in our jerseys, we're ready to go. And that's really been like the best part about it. And we kind of just roll with the punches. And that's what we're doing right now. So as you mentioned, scheduling this year has been an absolute horror show. For example, if I remember correctly, you should be playing Vermont right now. But since their program has suspended activity, we're lucky enough to have you on the show. Has taking the schedule week by week, instead of having it all laid out for you, been the hardest part of this entire thing? I wouldn't say the hardest part. I think it's definitely just you just got to change your mentality and perspective about it and kind of be on your toes, ready to go whenever. You know, when we found out we weren't going to be playing UVM, we actually had UConn that very next day. We kind of all said, okay. I mean, it's different. It's changing, but here we go. Like, we're ready for it. We're just ready to take them on because it's exciting. I mean, it really is exciting. So it it is hard and it it is difficult at one point to kind of change that mentality. But I think we all are just excited every time we get to get to play coming into this season you were named a captain alongside Kayla Barnes and Kelly Brown first of all that's an incredible honor what was your reaction to hearing coach Crowley's announcement coming into the season yeah I mean it was it was definitely super exciting and it is an honor to lead this group especially in my senior year alongside Kayla Barnes and Kelly Brown I mean they're two of my best friends and they're just awesome teammates as well I think honestly when I heard coach Crowley announce that it was go time for me. And I just knew that it was going to take a lot of work, especially with this upcoming season and, and COVID. But I knew that we had a great group of girls in the locker room and that we could do it together. In your experience, was it easier for the upperclassmen to adjust to this season since they had prior experience playing college hockey? Or was it for the underclassmen who didn't know what they were missing in terms of a normal season? That's a tough question. I mean, we kind of go back and forth on that. I mean, yeah, obviously as seniors and even the juniors, yeah, we do know what a regular typical season is like. We do know what a regular like college lifestyle is like without COVID. In a way, it was hard for the upperclassmen to adjust for sure. But I think because we knew our job and what we still had to kind of go on the ice and do and how much fun we wanted to have doing it and how much success was really going to be determined by us. I'm so proud of the underclassmen and everything that they have done this year and how they have handled it, because I think it's definitely hard for them coming in as freshmen. And then also for the sophomores, you know, it's starting their second year here. It's definitely hard for them to adjust. So I think just together as a team, we've done a really good job of really like bringing them in and kind of reassuring them that like, you're doing a great job. And And one day it will go back to normal, fingers crossed, and this will be better and you will experience what we all have too. So the Eagles are 10-3 and this season. Your win against UConn on Saturday extends your win streak to six in a row. What is it about this team that makes you so good? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of components. And I get so excited talking about this group because at the end of the day, like we are a family and we love each other and we take care of each other on and off the ice. And I think that's what it really comes down to. And, you know, all the way up from our coaches, the entire coaching staff, like our athletic trainers, everyone in academics, we all just care about each other and we know what we want to do. And I think the biggest thing is we haven't taken this season like too seriously because we know that we don't know what the next game will be. We don't know when it'll be, who will play. So we kind of just go with it and say, you know what, every game we get the chance to play, we're going to step out there and do what we do best, you know, stick to our systems and, you know, get that win because that's all we can do right now. 
Coming into this morning, you sit at number eight in the national poll, and that must give you a lot of motivation going into the postseason. You yourself have a lot of experience playing internationally for Canada. What's it going to take from you and from this crew to make a run at the championship? Yeah, I mean, we've already started talking about it. Playoff hockey is is coming up on us, and it's just going to be a short few weeks away that we see some playoff hockey. And and I've even thought this whole season, it almost seems like you're playing playoff hockey. You know, every game really counts and every point matters. So it's been a really exciting season so far. And yeah, I think like with the experience that I do have, definitely an honor, like playing in those games and having those opportunities for the underclassmen, especially with the season, because as you said before, they haven't played in a regular college season yet. And I think just kind of showing them the way and taking them like under our wing as upperclassmen is like the best thing that we can do. Well, hopefully it's a championship at the end of this year, but you've got four incredible years at Boston College. You've been all over the map. You've been at the top. You've bounced back from the bottom. Regardless of what the end result is, what's going to be your one big takeaway from your senior year? Oh my gosh, that is a tough question. There's, <laughs> I feel like there's so many, but the one biggest takeaway I think is you just need to lean on this group of girls. Every team that steps in this locker room, that group, that same group will never play together again. You know, there's always new freshmen coming in the next year. Senior class is graduating. So I think that's the one biggest thing that I take away from my senior year. And as I said before, I'm so proud of how we've done this season, how many games we've been playing and how we have been playing those games. And we've done it together. All right. Well, Megan, thank you again for joining me. I really appreciate it. Obviously, the next few games in the regular season haven't been announced yet, but when they get announced, where can people catch them if they're not living in the Boston area and they don't have Nesson? Yeah, um, our games are always streamed online. Um, yeah, you can definitely just like look on our Twitter account. Our media and marketing crew is really good about tweeting the links out. But yeah, they're always also on our website. Um, you can see on the schedule. And yeah, they're usually streamed out whether we're playing at home or away. So that was Megan Barris from the Boston College women's hockey team. It's so great to get a perspective from someone inside the locker room. You know, me and Jess sit up here every week. We try and get a good idea of what's going on, but we have no idea what's happening because we're not out there on the ice. So hearing Megan, who's one of the leaders of one of the best programs in the nation and one of the most storied programs in women's hockey history, it's great to get her take on things. And I think if you tried to pay me to say something bad about the women on the BC women's hockey team and the staff they have there, I just couldn't do it. Everyone there is a pleasure to speak to, a pleasure to work with. We can't thank them enough. But Boston College has a serious chance at this championship. Right now you look at the women's usher poll, Wisconsin's up top, Minnesota's right behind. But it's the same thing we're seeing in Men's Division 1. All of the top teams on the surface look like they can get this championship. Ohio State, Northeastern, Boston College. There's a lot of different contenders. And women's hockey is such a great game that does not get enough love. So if you're trying to watch some competitive hockey, maybe find a team you didn't know you loved, go check them out. But that is going to do it for us this week. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Luke Legrano. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate it five stars on iTunes. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me. I hope to see you next time. Take care.